Say something, goddammit. You're on television. You're live to the whole world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another movie podcast. My name is Oscar, and with me today only is... Ralph. And always, of course. Who the fuck else would it be? Um, <laughs> who, who else will join us? I hope someone out there is listening for the, for the first time. They're like, I don't know, it's just two people. Um, anyway, this is episode number 118. And what we're going to be reviewing today are movies that our very own Ralph here has chosen. All three he chose. And those movies are going to be Mank, which is on Netflix, the new, latest David Fincher movie. And another one from Prime Video is uh, Sound of Metal. Is it The Sound of Metal or just Sound of Metal? That's a good question. I'll find mm-hmm. out. Okay. And then we're going to conclude our show with Sound a review. No, the. No, the. Okay. It's cleaner that way. Um, we're going to conclude our show with a review of a movie from 2004 called The Motorcycle Diaries as part of um, it's the opening to Roth's Marathon. Correct. Which is the second film in our like, triple threat marathon going on here. Oh, we're okay, going, he's going backwards. Backwards. Yeah, we're going backwards. Um, which I would not recommend to do so on a motorcycle. Anyway, um, you can follow, uh, you can find us, sorry, you can find us at otherpodcast.com is our website for all of our shows, all of the previous 117 shows, all of our top tens are on there. I'm currently and still actively, uh, you know, tweaking and changing the marathon, to, I mean, changing the, the pages as we go to make it um, more feasible and more dynamic and all that. It's going to be fun. And um, yeah, but check us out there uh, if you are curious about. You know, how we used to do bonus episodes about a year ago. Uh, things like that. We have all that stuff on there. And it's uh, pretty good stuff for a lot of information. And a lot of our content are all on there. So check it out. Otherpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Roth, what have you been up to lately? Um, living my life without my son. What? What happened? Did you? Oh, you finally traded him in for something else? You know what? I had to. Just... <laughs> Get rid of the kid. Yeah. No. Um, all that, all that paperwork just for school. All of that no, paperwork, unreal. Uh, what was I gonna say? No, no. Um, my uh, <laughs> so stupid. My uh, parents, our parents, uh, took my kid to Mexico with them, and I've been living it up without him. Um, he'll be back before Christmas, so we'll obviously spend Christmas together. But they took him. This was almost two almost two weeks ago. Actually, they took him the day that we recorded, I think, right? Or a little bit before. One of those two. Anyways, oh, I see. Yeah, probably. Our last show. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it's been it's been a weird house. Like, I have time to do things. Like, normally I'd be, like, busy as fuck right now. But uh, I'm not. Hmm. So I've had a lot of time to do adult stuff around the house. Like, clean. Uninterrupted. Um. Uh, organized stuff. Uh, cook. I've been cooking. Um, um, is that like a kind of a new thing for you? Yeah, I don't really cook. I'm very lazy. Um, usually my wife cooks. So very traditional and of you. What, what have you and been she's cooking? very lazy, so we almost never cook. So yeah. Um, what what was up? Well, what have you what have you done? Um. Good questions. Good questions. Uh, I made chicken dinga. Um, I made... Uh, well, I really didn't cook the barbacoa, but technically, I just made the barbacoa a la 
me what are they called mollete with molletes mm-hmm. um i've made uh some chili stuff like that just little things in here and there's i uh, made some wings i've made uh well i was going to make something else today but i forgot what it was. no i'm not making anything i'm catching up on leftovers so i'm making leftovers today yeah, yeah. um yeah, I've been doing the same kind of thing, but with just different foods entirely. And every time I say it, people are like, oh, that's okay. You're just like, oh, okay. Like, I really don't know anything. I'm like, I'm fucking starting here. Right. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Right. I'm starting from nothing. What do you expect me to do? Right. Quail and shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Same thing. For me, eggs, a lot of egg stuff. I've been playing with eggs, egg bites, omelets, different types of playing with cheeses and whatever. Fun times. Um, and baking, of course. Yeah. Oh, cool. What, you, what have you been baking? Oh, dude, I made a mess of cookies. White macadamia, white chocolate nice. macadamia nut, which is my favorite kind of cookie, and I finally made some. I, I only like them soft, and most times when you go to a grocery store, I don't know, maybe this is just me or my area, I don't know what, sure. uh, they tend to be the hard cookies, and I hate those. Well, I hate them, uh, but definitely don't prefer them. I like the soft version of them. So I made some. Okay. Obviously, I found a recipe somewhere, obviously, and uh, it came out really good, and I actually replaced um, like half of the sugar that I would normally carry uh-huh. with, uh, with vanilla bean powder. Oh, and it turned out to be surprisingly well, surprisingly good. Because uh, I thought you know it could be horrendously fucked up. I don't know, but it wasn't. It was good. Huh. So I may I may do something more for our Christmas thing, probably with the family. Dope, dope, dope. Yep. Sorry, but I interrupt you. Um, nope. Nope. Are you done? <laughs> uh, basically, yeah. I've been just doing that shit around the house, um, mm-hmm. cleaning up, adulting, doing stuff that you know, hanging out with friends. Other than that, really, um, catching up on TV, playing video games. I already played video games, but I guess I've been playing... I had, Now that I have the TV, I, I don't usually have the TV to watch. It's usually being taken up by somebody in the house. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, Now that I have it, though, I've been watching like more TV shows. And I've been, watch, I've been playing video games. I started playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm actually in it now, like in it to win it. So, like, yeah. 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 Which is good because it got me away from like just playing Call of Duty all day. Um, so yeah, right. It, it, uh, yeah, I can. That was my problem with Overwatch when I was in it a lot. Um, I felt like I was like there's so many other games I should be playing as well, you know? right? <laughs> or doing something else. It's not. It's not a real problem, mind you. But no, it really isn't. Yeah. It definitely feels like like it sometimes. I hear you. I mean, Ditto on me. I just started. I know that you've been recently broadcasting more or more seriously or more whatever. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been I've been trying to do the same, but just in a different format. Not not different format. Like it's the same like Twitch thing, but like uh, under the header of the of the other podcast I'm a part of, the SOS Supernatural uh, Current Studies podcast. And um, if uh, if anyone wants to know, I'll just say it now. I guess it's um, SOS Chicago Ghost. Chicago's get it. Um, anyway, that's their Twitch name on it. If you want to do that, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm, I'm gonna try to do twice a week, probably today slash tomorrow, so Tuesdays and Wednesdays because it's my days off, and I have time in the afternoon slash early evening to record to to broadcast. Because um, otherwise, the only time I would have is like at two a.m. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I can't do that. It just feels like a lot. It's a lot less opportunities for people <laughs> to see it. I so. Heard. Um, that's how I'm going to do it. And, uh, yeah, I did my first one recently. I'm going to do my second one today. So it's going to be fun. And I'm trying to just get in touch with our fan base over there as well as creating new ones through Twitch. Cool. That'd be kind of fun. That's the ideal. But honestly, just having fun, really, that's all it is. That's the main thing. 
it's not supposed to be like a whole homework thing for me. It's just a, a fun thing to do. Um, so yeah, that's been me. And also I've been getting drunk lately on eggnog, a lot of eggnog, a lot of uh, white Russians, a lot of milk-based alcohol. You know, I haven't been drinking like as much as I normally should. I don't even mm-hmm. put my Christmas tree up yet. And I'm like a very big Christmas guy. Whoa. Yeah. I just, I feel like I don't have my kid with me. So I just like haven't Whoa. done it. Yeah. But he only just left, Rob. I he know. Have done it well, he left like before. two weeks ago. He left like right, right as like December started, you know? So like. And I was just like, I'll do it. And then the first week kind of just flew by and we're already in the second <laughs> week. Well, the, the first week literally just kind of like, I was like catching up on doing stuff. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, I got paid. Oh, let's go do this. Oh, let's pay off this. And then it was just like, oh, and now I'm back on my second week of work. And I was like, oh, I'm back, I'm back at it again. And I didn't even know. Wow. Yeah, yeah do that shit. Yeah, you don't want to. Like, you want to do it like when he gets there at the twenty third or something. <laughs> and just like, no, but at the same time, I don't want to do it. My, I I've done it by myself before. I don't want to. Like it's it's lame. I'm. Just, I don't want to do it myself. What about your girl? She have to be here. I actually want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's my suggestion. I mean, I would. That's I would right. If I, I would do it if you want to watch some bad movies or whatever. Yo, down. What are you doing this week? What day this week? Uh, anytime. How about we talk about it offline? Um, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, all right. So that's what we've been up to, and I guess what we're going to be doing. Um, so uh, we're going to get into now the next portion of this little introduction segment where we talk about recent discoveries. And uh, since Luke ain't here and Roth has been playing games slash watching TV, he, they don't have any movies, but I do, of course, because uh, I'm obsessed and I'm kidding. shocker, shocker. I mean, you have to be shocked by now. So, I saw a few movies here: uh, two Netflix, one streaming somewhere. No, like you can rent or whatever. So, I saw a movie called Hillbilly Elegy. Ah, oh, I wanted to see it. Tell me, explain me. Okay. This movie, let me read the thing. An urgent phone call pulls a Yale law student back to his Ohio hometown where he reflects on three generations of family history and his own future. And this is uh, uh, starring uh, Amy Adams, Glenn Close, Gabriel Basso, Haley Bennett, Frida Pinto, Bo Hopkins. Bo Hopkins, I love that name. Anyway, a bunch of people after that. But, you know, the top ones are Gabriel, Glenn Close, and Amy Adams. Uh, this movie is written by the actor, by the character play that plays uh, played by uh, Gabriel Basso, who is the main kid, main main, uh, main dude in the movie. Yeah, uh, J.D. Vance is written based on his book, and is directed by Ron Howard. That, oh, hey, that, exactly that Ron. Ronnie Howard. Ron Ronaldson Howardson. <laughs> Ronaldson Howardson. Yes, okay. Howardson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I saw this movie just on the strength of the acting, and you know, and I like Amy Adams. I've never not liked her, and she she's solid in the movie. She's not, you know, whatever. She's solid. Um, but man, this movie, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that I loved it. I can't say that. Um, I definitely don't love it. I definitely liked a, a lot of it overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I didn't feel like it was anything worthwhile. Okay. And obviously, we're not doing a full review. Otherwise, I would get into it more. Right. But it, it essentially, is that it felt kind of like cheesy at times. Mm-hmm. And at other times, it felt... Um, sporadic and kind of scatterbrained and what it was showing me and then this weird timeline flashback thing that was happening in the movie where the present day J.D. Vance and the kid version of him are like 
you know, what, you know, like it doesn't feel well thought out, like in that, the timeline of the movie, like when they're showing these flashbacks and when they come out of them, uh, I felt like very displaced and bizarre to me. It just gave me like a bad rhythm, you know, it didn't feel right. Maybe it was the editing. I don't know what, what it was exactly. Saw it just once, but yeah. And those are the two real points I want to say, because they, they, they do make the, they t- take me out of the movie and I could never get that invested as much as I wanted to for a Ron Howard movie slash movie starring Amy Adams, which again, huge fan of her. So, um, yeah, ultimately kind of a downer, but I can see people totally liking it. I can see the charm in that, why people just like, and just enjoy it for what it is and enjoying hillbilly talk, being all hillbilly. But like, I really did not find that charming. So that wasn't my appeal going into this movie and I didn't Mm -hmm. get it anyway. So that's the hillbilly elegy, not a super success for me, uh, on Netflix. Next movie I saw was a much bigger success. It's called His House, which I don't know if you heard of. Um, I don't yeah. think so, but continue. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So it's a new movie. Uh, I almost picked it for the review for the next time, but I didn't. Anyway, His House. Uh, a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. Oh, I think my wife was watching this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, she might totally get that. Um, I'm going to butcher some names, and I apologize. There's, there's the couple. The star, uh, they're, they're in every scene, basically. Uh, it stars uh, Sope Sirusu and Bunmi Mosaku. Hopefully, I did that some justice. Those are the main couple. And they are extremely good actors, by the way. In this movie... They, um, yeah, I mean, I have problems with the direction. I'm about to get to in a little bit, but they're very good actors in this movie. They totally sold me on everything they were going through, <laughs> all the ordeals of it all. And it also, uh, like a few scenes, Matt Smith is in, Matt Smith is in this movie too. Um, the, the old Doctor Who guy. Uh, so he's just in case you want to know. Um, the movie is directed by, uh, Remy Weeks or Weekus. I'm not sure. And, re- and re- directed by him. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie is, uh, it's, it's a, it's like a good version of a, of a type of horror movie that we've all seen before. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is taken through the lens of different types of characters. Sure. But ultimately nothing like super, no, it doesn't have to be unique and it's not trying to, but it's just a good, like a normal, like horror story regarding like people from a, you know, think of turistas, right? Think people from out of out of out from that area, like fish out of water type people coming into, you know, out of desperation. And, you know, usually you see horror movies built this way where they buy a house and it's their last dime and they have to make this work and the house is haunted and they can't get out because yeah. they can't afford to leave. It's like that, but this is more extreme because they left a <laughs> war-torn place. Their whole family and villages are burned. They have okay. nowhere to go. They're trying so hard to get immigration in, in England. And they finally get this fucking halfway house or whatever it is and it's a piece of shit and they're trying to make it their own and there's a fucking thing lurking in there you know Uh, it's even a worse version of that you know so it's the same story told uh with more extremes in it um yeah and all that stuff was pretty good was pretty good and i i I actually really liked the i don't call it i guess i would call it evil the evil the malevolence the darkness and it is it is an allegory or whatever to what's going on in their own lives and in their own heads, this couple, right? What they had to go through, what they're still going through, it is exactly what you think it is. That huh. this evil 
is a personification of those things. And it's, I'm not saying this because it's spoiling the ending, and I'm not saying it's just that either. I'm just saying that it is so obvious that it's yeah. that, you know, from the get-go. And I think the movie does a good job, especially in the, in the strange scenes regarding the, the husband, because he gets, like, more of the physical uh, <laughs> problems. Uh, some, good, some good direction in those scenes. Uh, pretty good lead-ins and stuff. The only thing I have a problem with <clears throat> in the movie is that um, I feel like it, it doesn't do, it didn't do for me a particularly great job at showing us how, what these people are made of when they're not in distress. I don't know them beyond always being on DEFCON 1. I don't know them as being people with aspirations or anything like that. Right. You know, other than they want to stay alive and they want to be together. I feel like the movie doesn't go beyond that. And I feel like it's very elementary information we get from them. And in all that movie, you know, we might have gotten some hints too about some religion with the wife, but like ultimately not enough. And I feel like the movie missed out on that. Mm. And I really wanted more. So that's the, I mean, that's not a bad endorsement necessarily for a movie. Like, yeah, you left you wanting more. That's not a bad thing. But in this case, I wanted more throughout the way, not like at the very end. So yeah. But I still recommend it, though. Still a very good movie. Very well directed. I really liked it for those things. So that's His House, and that's on Netflix, if you're interested. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, the last one here is a movie that I've been kind of expecting. Uh, it's called Possessor. And this movie, Possessor follows an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations, for high-paying clients. Sounds pretty cool. Does it? I mean, it sounds like a video game. It does a little bit, yeah. Right? It does sound like a video game. I'm pretty sure there's a video game that's kind of similar to that. Probably. I I can't think of it, though. Uh, This is um, starring uh, Andrea Riseborough, who looks nothing like Andrea Riseborough, but (laughs) just like maybe in the eyes and the cheekbones, and that's it. Uh, Christopher Abbott, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, who I love seeing in everything. Oh, Jennifer Jason Lee. I like to. Me too. Uh, Rosif Sutherland, I don't know who that dude is, and a bunch of other people after that, but just mention those. Uh, the reason I want to see this movie is because of the writer-director, which is Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son, uh-huh. um, who made, uh, you know, kind of a splash, making a movie called Antiviral, uh, Antiviral, where it was another, like, a creepy, you know, Cronenbergian kind of movie, but it was made by his son, not David Cronenberg, so... Um, so yeah, it is very much like passing the mantle because Possessor is no different. It's no different. Yeah. It is equal parts weird and gory and like too much info, you know, like too TMI on the screen sometimes. Um, usually with eye sockets or with like something. He's doing something, you know. And um, so the movie delivers on those things, but the movie is also a, a quieter movie than you might expect versus. Um, I mean, if you saw Antiviral, anyone out there who's seen Antiviral, I mean, if you went that far and saw that indie movie and you know about it then A, you're in the right place, podcast-wise, but also B, you, you would see this movie regardless of what I say today. So, But, you know, there's that, same, there's that like quiet, patient style of this horror, creepy storytelling that, he's, that, he's, that he does in that movie that's equal in Possessor. So I recommend it if you, if you liked it the first time around because he doesn't uh-huh. change his style very much other than like you know, different people, of course, different characters, different motivations. Sure, all that's obviously different and uh, the world building is different, but they treats it the same way. It's all very patient. It's all creepy. It's very dark. It's also it's, uh, it doesn't explode with, the, with violence, but the violence is doesn't shy away from if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I it do. does all that stuff. 
and it's a really interesting like it also talks about i think a movie inhabits all these questions of gender identity or gender switching things like that because of it's this girl who's possessing other people's brains and he and the main character that she uh gets into i guess it's a dude it's a guy Okay. So they're right there, like so many questions right there. And then the things he gets up to, the things that she's either curious or has done a thousand times, it's super interesting. It raises all those questions. I really liked it. Um, I'm not 100% sure or wild about the, how the movie ended. I'm not, I'm not really understanding it yet. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd be curious to uh, watch it again maybe or talk about it with someone maybe eventually down the road. That would be good. But uh, even though if I didn't understand it, I still really liked it. I dug the movie. So, Possessor, check it out. You can rent it or buy it. I think that's it. I'm VOD, though. It's not like streaming anywhere, as far as I know. Okay. All right. So, yeah, endorsement. And those are the three movies I've watched uh, since the last time. And we're going to take a little break here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to review Rob's first movie of the evening, which is what? Mank. That's right. Mank. Like what? Got it right, bitch. Yeah, you did. Stay with us. It's Orson Welles. Of course it is. I think it's time we talk. What is it the writer says? Tell the story you know. Hello, everyone. Make yourself to home, Mr. Mankowitz, or shall I call you Herman? Please, call me Mank. 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 This is Herman Mankowitz, but we're to call him Mank. Mankowitz. Herman Mankiewicz, New York playwright and drama critic, turned humble screenwriter, Mr. Hearst. This is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory. What he bought still belongs to the man who sold it. That's the real magic of the movies. Thunder, lightning, blood, fire, religion. Help! Someone save me! 1930s Hollywood is reevaluated through the eyes of a skating social critic and alcoholic screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz. As he races to finish a screenplay of Citizen Kane. That's way to ruin that. Um, <laughs> you kind of know. <laughs> did you, though? I didn't know until like, later. Uh, right. Maybe I know because of film school and stuff, I guess. That would but, make sense because I didn't even know. I knew, Ma- I knew the name, Mankiewicz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't know from what. And I was like, oh, Citizen Kane. Anyways, uh, this is directed by David Fincher. Uh, written by Jack Fincher. Uh, starring Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Seyfried or Seyfried, uh, Lily Collins, Tom Pelfrey, uh, Alris Howard, uh, Tuppence Middleton, Tuppence, uh, Tuppence. So what a terrible name for a child! It's such a bad name. Tom Burke, who plays Orson Welles. Um, well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, also, uh, Mandalorian. Anyways, um. The uh, uh, Mank, uh, we were going to have uh, our boy, you know, Luke, for this episode, for this uh, review, but he, alas, he failed me. Yes, he did. He did. Um, I don't know what he would say about it, but... Uh... But I'll, you know what? I'll give my first impressions. So, um, I didn't know what to think of this movie. I just know I, this is exactly how I went to this movie. Oh, it's got Gary Oldman and David Fincher. Let's get it. Like, that's literally what I said. That's how I pick most of my movies. <laughs> I mean, it was so I'm like perusing through movies, and I was like, "Oh, Netflix, what do you got for me? Give me some gold." And I was like, "Oh, okay, this is clearly their gold." Okay, cool. So I took it. Um, 
I want to say the movie was. Uh, I felt like it was fast paced but slow at the same time. Um, like it's just the way they talk and the way that a lot of stuffs going on. The music also that's very themed for those like you know upbeat kind of rhythms going. Um, and it's like hey, like this is you know like. Um, sense of urgency is happening a lot in this movie, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of it is like, like drawn out. Um, and I know mm-hmm. it's funny because the movie's about a screenwriter writing a screenplay and us watching him write a screenplay or get through this thing, which is kind of fucked up and kind of weird um, in its own way. Uh, and Mank doesn't get me to make uh, Gary Oldman, I think, does a good job of being Gary Oldman, very uh, um, persona. Like, he's a very big... Uh, I feel like he's not... He He's not as serious when he needs to be. or And he's, like, serious when he needs... Like, he does a really good job of being this, like, drunkard, as Mank is. Um, or for what it, I guess he is, because <laughs> it seemed like Mank's liver was the size of his fucking stomach, because... That thing, the amount of alcohol he drank is ungodly. Um, so yeah. Uh, but besides that, the acting I thought was really good. And I like what the story is about overall. Um, kind of gave you like this little glimpse of what was going on then. That most, I feel like a lot of movies don't like to talk about. Or whenever we go back to these times. Um, so yeah. Uh, I overall liked it. I liked the acting in it a lot. Um, I felt like some of it was a little bit drawn out. Um throughout the movie, but I felt like we could have tightened some stuff up, but I overall like what like what it's talking about. It's technically a biopic, but I found it more like a comedy drama, even though it is like based on real events, I guess. Um, so yeah, I overall came out liking the movie. I like the acting a lot in it, um, and I like the style overall, even though I know you hate black and white. Um, I do not. Who's that? <laughs> you're talking about Luke? I'm talking about you. No, you're talking about Luke. What do you mean? Why Why I hate black and white? I don't know. Um, what's that movie? The Artist? I hate The Artist. That doesn't mean I hate <laughs> black and white movies. All right. Whatever. I hate um, The Artist. Yes, I hate but, it. But I will say something. They did this weird thing where, I don't know if you noticed it. I'm pretty sure you did. But, like, they added, like, effects, like, to, like, make it seem like it was, like, on a reel. Yes, yes. You're talking about the cigarette brands and stuff? Yeah, I got it. I was like, what? but why? I was like, but why? I mean, like, the f- I didn't notice it the first two times. And then, and I noticed it later, and I was like, "Oh, no, no it's part of the motif." That's no, what that's what it was, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah." It's like a, it's just a style. It's a choice that goes along with the black and white aspect of it. Um, I, I really don't think it's a lot more beyond that. Um, this is an interesting uh, David Fincher movie, that's for sure. Uh, definitely um, not his usual foray, but he's done biopics actually before, and he's done. Uh, you know, also he does he doesn't do only violent shit, but he <laughs> but he mainly does kind of violent shit. So see this movie, uh, it's an interesting pick. Um, it feels a uh, more of a personal journey, definitely as a filmmaker for for him to choose this movie as his next project. I'm talking about Fincher still, of course, and uh, right, yeah, it worked it, it worked out for me in in ways that I'm gonna I'm gonna have trouble um trying to discern and able to like convey properly here on the show. Uh, but I'm hoping I'm hoping I can do it on the fly here. Um, I saw this uh, two days ago, and 
or yesterday. I forgot already what day I'm in. Um, but yeah, first of all, of course, Gary Oldman, awesome. Like, fucker is great. Like, I wish he'd won um, that Oscar he won for being that president dude. I wish he won for this one. Um, more so. Because huh, okay. he is, he, every conversation he has is, um, it's, it's, it's great when he's being, it, it's, it's just like, it tells you so much about him while being subtle about it. Um, oh, well, for one, he can't shut the fuck up and he has to be the loudest guy in the room and he has to, you know, he's all these things. He's all these complicated, contradictory things at the same time. And, uh, Mankiewicz is an old hat. You know, he's an old hat in the industry when the movie starts. He's an old hat when he's and when when they're showing us the flashbacks because he's already been in the game for a long time. Right. Um, so nothing about this is in any way an introduction to the world. It's an introduction to how something not obscure, because Citizen Kane is not an obscure movie, but something about how what inspired the creation of Citizen Kane. Is in this movie. That's what this movie is about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, that's and it's cool. it's it, 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 it sounds like a terrible reason to do a movie. It <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah, but movies about making movies. First of all, I'm always down for those. I've never. I don't think I've ever not liked one um, because it's just so inherently interesting, specifically to me because of my love for movies. You know, I went to film school, all this stuff. So like, it just goes along with my my forte, right? But, but I can understand that appealing to almost nobody else. Um, and I know you, I know, I know it appeals to you, Ralph, obviously, because you, I mean, you grew up with me. We saw a lot of shit ton of movies. So anyway, yeah. all this stuff. Um, and I think, uh, you know, to make a movie about <laughs> the creation of the, the, the inspiration for uh, Citizen Kane, um, and along the way, what you're actually getting, obviously, is not only that, but Mankiewicz as a, as a person and like, how the world affects him and then in turn how he affected the world by right. creating this masterpiece mm-hmm. is super interesting. Cause I, I remember in film school talking about how uh, Kane and Citizen Kane, <laughs> Hey, look, it's a Kane from Citizen Kane. There's no yeah. Kane. In the no, there's no Kane. In there, no. <laughs> but then you find out later on in life that it was about William Hurst. But yeah. Yeah, right. So, what, and then in film school, we talked about it being about William Hurst. And I remember teachers telling us about that kind of thing in general or having a discussion about it and how it would, and having seen Deadwood, who has a, a William Hurst character in it, it's not the same, I don't think, but it has a William Hurst exact like type, yeah. tycoon, you know, uh, early 18th century or late 1800s or early 1900s um, kind of character come in and he is like, the the amount of ego yeah that right, gotta, all this stuff you get I, it in this movie too i got to give it to charles dance in this movie cuz charles dance is good a fucking good and what i think what a great role for him he's uh, perfect for the role is it is it Kyle Lannister is the only I, guy dude i'm telling you when i saw him there and i was like oh that's who's playing first i was like wow he fucking looks like he fits in so well and he looks like he's got like this iron throne like he's like i run everybody here and I, you know, I, that one. Sorry, we'll we'll talk about that later. But continue. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm 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 trying to, but I'm not super conveying well. Um, how I feel about this movie, but yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's just very interesting, inherently interesting. And Mankiewicz as a character, especially in the flashbacks, he is so effortlessly an asshole, and oh, effortlessly unreal. Effortlessly doesn't care if people see him as right or wrong. 
and it doesn't care if you're on his side or not. I'm on his side most of the scenes, but definitely not all of them. And I'm kind of glad for that. I wouldn't want to be a Mankiewicz Jedi, you know, apprentice all the time, you know, about it. I wouldn't um, because he does have quite a lot of flaws. And uh, as far as the drinking goes, I mean, that's just the way it was. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that's an excusable thing, but everyone's livers were made out of fucking iron. All of them. Um, the amount they drank compared to today, which if I, I don't think I could keep up with him if I walked into his room. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was uh, just lovely, really funny at times. I thought his his entire, like, this chapter in his life provided all of the trappings of a, of a good drama and all the levity of a good comedy along the way. And that in itself could be a derogatory or uh, could be something insulting to the real Mankiewicz or to the fake Mankiewicz in this movie. But it could be insulting because as because uh, there's a court gesture-ness to it that obviously bites him. And it's it's interesting because then the movie becomes kind of meta, which, of course, a movie about making movies is going to be fucking meta. Right. Um, so I feel like I don't want to tip my hat. We have a spoiler section, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, I don't know what that'll look like. But uh, do you want to get to that now? Or you want to talk about something else? I don't know. I think we. I think we kind of have to talk about spoilers because um, mm-hmm. we like obviously already kind of beating around the bush and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's also real life, but also a real life that no one knows. Uh, <laughs> right. Unless you actually went out and read a book on Microsoft. Um I mean, yeah. I guess at that point, I don't think most people did, but yeah. I mean, I haven't. Right. All right. So we're gonna take. A, we're gonna take. Probably a never okay. even heard that name before. Oh really? No, no. Today, uh, like to people. Oh yeah, for sure. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna take to uh, do, do spoilers for Mank uh, starting right now. Tell him about the finale, Charlie. Oh, well, the rain turns to sleet, puts out the fire, and entombs the monster in solid ice. While. Nearby, an old priest weeps. Hmm. A weeping priest. Thunder, lightning, blood, fire, religion. All in one film. And with an unseasonal thaw. A sequel. I thought you said this was about something. This was different. Plus the ominous futility of man playing God. The Faustian bargain of life everlasting. And the triumph of the human spirit. Over the beast incarnate in our far too solid flesh. That's director proof. Joe. B picture. It's not for Joe. Boys, this is serious. We need your help. We've got to get people into theaters, but... How? What do you want to talk about first? Uh, Hollywood system. How do what? The Hollywood system. <laughs> what about the Hollywood system? I mean, how fucked up it was. Yeah. What did you think about that? I mean, besides the fact that how fucked up it was. What did you think about? Like, did you feel like that was shoot in that whole like? I felt like it was, but I could have been not. Where they did that whole reel about like um, like uh, using actors for for the commercial to bash the other guy. The Are you talking about the Upton Sinclair thing? Yes. Hmm. Do you know Upton Sinclair? Uh, not personally, no. I think he's dead. No, obviously he's... Shut up. <laughs> Such a dad joke. I mean, do you fucking know of him? <laughs> uh, no, I don't... 
No, not enough to even. I've heard the name and I've heard some stuff, but nothing. I'll tell you, I, you know a, a big piece of work of his, kind of. And that is uh, when Paul Thomas Anderson adapted his book, Oil, into There Will Be Blood. Oh, nice. That's based on him. So if you if you can get all of the allegories on American, you know, American richness, American capitalism, all this stuff from that movie slash his book, then you understand probably a lot more about Amtis Sinclair now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, he's like that. He was a, he was a yeah, big time guy, of course. And like the movie, he ran for, for office for uh, California, for governor or senator, I forget. I don't yeah. know the difference. So yeah, all this stuff, yeah, that's that's true. But uh, what about it you were going to say that you didn't get well, the... Well, that uh, I said, I don't know if the movie did it like, as in like, I don't know if this is based on a real event thing or if the movie shoot it in and like kind of like this is it's gone even as far back as this time, right? Which is the 30s, am I correct? 30s, basically almost 40s. Because he's writing Citizen Kane, came out in 41. Yes. So yeah, anyways. um, So I guess 40s. Uh, But flashbacks to the 30s. He, he, that uh, that propaganda flow that uh, one guy makes um, about using the actors and them saying all these things against Upton Sinclair. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, uh, um, I'm thinking about. I don't know if the movie did like, hey, like this is like it's even been this far back where this is like where it started of us making propaganda films with actors in it, right? Like that, like, and we've already been like, um what's it called introducing you to things like that to the audience you know to people who don't know any better because kind of back then whatever was put on tv especially stuff like that information like that was like kind of like almost fact people didn't really take it as like you know like uh they didn't really do their research behind it i guess as much as they would do now i would say um Mm -hmm. and i felt like the movie was like shoehorning it in like because of our times you know the times we're in right now where like Nothing is it's it's whatever whatever TV wants to show us. Kind okay, of thing. yeah, um, I, I I can't say for sure as a factual thing that get read in some historical thing. Yeah, I, I just, can't say though that I well, I'm not surprised at all that they did this. Yeah, in real life. No, I know that's what I'm saying. I, I just feel like if I feel like they're forcing it, and it's so meta for them to do it because they're literally shit talking about themselves. Like it's yes. it's like it's so no weird. yeah it is it is and it goes along with uh, a lot of the propaganda stuff that they even mentioned themselves that Germany was putting out yeah um and that uh in that time that century right or that uh-huh. area yeah. um <clears throat> that um yeah it was very manipulative <laughs> diabolical sometimes meta weird shit and um yeah it's like it's like using because I mean I remember this is uh not new new but new technology to have uh. Movies, I mean, cameras yeah. and stuff, um, motion pictures. It was a new technology in the sense that um, that it was finally starting to be a staple in everyone's lives. Yes, you know, like the idea of newsreels, cartoon reels that goes right. along separately from feature works of movies. You know, that actually cost actors and makeup and all this stuff. Like they started including these other aspects, and that's when commercials start. You know, that's when like. Well, it, it it doesn't get normalized until that that happens, and it does, and it can't happen until that gets normalized. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's what the new part 
of yeah. this whole thing is, and that's why maybe it feels so weird. But I I almost want to confidently say that it definitely happened because I can totally see it, but I cannot say for sure. I've not read anything on it. Yeah, no, I mean, I it does fit the the bill, especially for the times with Nazi propaganda coming out and stuff like that. Um, it does make sense, but I just felt like the movie shoehorn. I felt like it was shoehorned in. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I don't. It almost took. You know me what? Out I agree it. with you. I agree with you in the sense that it doesn't feel complete. It doesn't, right? Doesn't it? it? Right. It doesn't feel. I feel like there was something I was missing, and I was really watching this movie. Right? I was not on my phone. I was not on that. So was I, I was yeah. really watching this movie. I was, the dialogue was so a, crisp. Right. I was. About to, I was, about it was to say so nice. Like, it's such a good. Uh, it's such a good screenplay. Yeah. Um, it had which me is, going. Which is cool because I mean it's about a, them writing a screenplay, um, <laughs> and uh, but I honestly think Gary Oldman just kind of steals the whole movie, which is a really good thing because it does depend on Gary Oldman. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I really like uh, I really like his relationships to everyone, even strangers. Uh, his relationships to homeless people around. His relationships to um, to the security guard outside the studio lot. To his right. boss, his boss's boss. To his right, you know, yeah. to his poor Sarah. Um, all that stuff is super interesting, and he has always been the architect of his own demise. But that demise goes down so sweet and so entertainingly. That I feel like I want to see more of his own destruction. Yeah, um, and that's another aspect of the movie um, that is definitely more introspective and more definitely in there, like getting in deep. But I think that's in there, and I think it's on purpose for sure. And I think it, it does it in a way where I think the movie's trying to show you the life of Mank the way Mank could only show the life of anyone, you know, in yeah. a weird way, right? Um, like, you don't actually see him downing all those bottles. You just see the aftermath of him having taken those bottles. I'm like, dude, the dedication this guy with his bum-ass legs um, <laughs> to go over there and cat these bottles. Um, then you realize, of course, that it was uh, the nurse. Anyway, but it's, it's great. It's great. Uh, it just It's so much fun to watch someone you know, go deeper into a hole. But also, like, it's not that, though, because he's also crawling out of it. Um He's going deeper into a hole in the sense of like he's at he's at his the downest of his li- all life. He has no right. contract, right? All this stuff you gain, you eventually you understand through the flashbacks as as the movie ends, yeah. right? To that to that masquerade party or whatever that costume party, mm-hmm. um, that he was like he made the wrong person pissed off. Like the guy who owns the owners kind of pissed off. One hundred percent, you know, and that led him to be. Uh, outcasted but he is still too influential he's still too well known by everyone in hollywood to be completely forgotten it's like no one's going to call him or anything it's just that no one can hire him and because right. of that it gets him this opportunity to work with an indie dude you know it's like it's like it's a redemption arc that is also about him getting worse but also finally realizing his problems his fucking errors and so it's like redemption going down and up again and in flashback as well as present time it's just like it's it's a that's where the movie gets uh, confusing for me to explain but it just sounds so cool it feels cool when you're watching yeah I, um, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know it has hard to explain but yeah i mean i could just gush on okay i wish i remember any lines i don't remember from right now but no it he has such good comebacks i'm like oh my god he talks like me except that i just say like dude and then he says like five different awesomer things to say dude right um it's great i love it um <laughs> the contrarian, that, that conversation they have about Upton Sinclair at the party at uh, uh, Will, Willie Hearst's party and um, 
that's before the that's before Amanda Seyfried and Gary Oldman like step away and do that whole walking thing. Uh, before you said not after. Yeah, the party was before that. Okay. Um, and then this whole giant political conversation to talk about Nazis, right? Talk about the rise of them, right? And, oh, that, is that when uh, she says something she's not supposed to? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I had so many layers on that one. Just the 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 feminine aspect layer of that too, as well as the uh, uh, Manx, maybe you know, um, what do you call it? His need to be contrarian to what everyone else is saying, and it could be just that—the nature of being the opposite of what they're saying, or it could be that he thinks that they're actually wrong. And this is an actual opinion of mine. Um, and you can never really know 100% if he's doing it for one reason or the other. And that whole, that whole um, conversation between five, seven people in that room, it's so, that it, it was so good. It was so interesting. Shows a lot of great stuff. Shows a lot of the deepening relationship he does get for the actress. Um, and probably why he would go back to that house many times over is to hang out with her, not exactly with William Hurst. Right. And William Hurst just likes hearing him say awesome words. You know, he's kind of like us in a weird way. Yeah, it is like the weird. Um, I like mm-hmm. having you around because you're fun to listen to, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'll, I'll bring it up to the the um, thing that I was going to mention earlier. That that conversation when Mank is uh, this is later on, almost at the movie, when he's completely pissed drunk and he's not asked to sit next to um, Hurst, and he sits at the other table instead, and he comes and he starts spewing off uh, basically a movie idea, which is. Essentially, the idea for um, what's it called uh, for Citizen Kane, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but he says it in a more uh, rougher idea, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he kind of gets to it, but that that talk that um, what's his name that uh, Charles has Charles Dance uh, has with him about like him being this monkey or this uh, yeah the monkey who gets fitted and stuff like that. He's like, don't forget who you are. Basically, telling him who he is in this relationship, right? And you can talk to everybody else around like that because, you know, in the end, that's fine. Like, as long as it doesn't affect me. But once you start talking shit about me, right, watch Mm. where you are kind of thing. And it's like that big power move that he just, like, immediately swings off. And uh, Bank obviously doesn't, like, didn't mean disrespect because he wasn't trying to disrespect... um, What's it called? Uh, Hurst. Yeah, he wasn't trying to disrespect Hurst. He was trying to disrespect uh, the other guy. Um, so, Nat Thalberg. Uh, who was his Oh, name? Uh, Mayor? Yeah, Mayor. Yeah, Louis B. Mayor. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. American or Long Mayor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he was like, uh, and also kind of like fucking the system, of course, because, you know, like, fuck the system that he's in. Uh, so, yeah, it was like fucking crazy scene. Crazy little powerful scene that happens there. And it's like so simple. Um, but at the same time, it says a lot, even though there's very little said on Hearst's line. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 it's, it's a very layered thing. Um, and I guess it's harder to unpack, maybe, than I thought it would be initially. And I don't know. It's like it's a, it's a period drama. Very, very interesting stuff. As far as the uh, the composition and whatever the style, the editing style of um, oh, the scenes and stuff, I thought that was really good too. 
And you're right, Rob. It was it is a surprisingly slow movie for a fast movie. Um, or maybe it's a fast movie with slow, with like some sort of slowness to it, or like I don't know. I can't describe it either. Um, but I think uh, I think what it is is that it's the movie has a lot to say, but none of it none of it is like rushed. Really, like the only the only thing that has a clock to it is uh, him finishing the script in time. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe he has how many days? Uh, thirty days, sixty? I don't remember anymore. Mm, he had X amount of days. Sixty days. He had an X amount of days. And I used to know the answers to these things, like how screenplays and uh-huh. credits and stuff like that used to work. Um, but I didn't really understand. I forgot, I guess, because I couldn't figure it out exactly what they were talking about with him and Orson Welles, especially at the end when he was like, uh, no, I don't want that money. Instead, I want credit for the movie because otherwise it would have been because all he did, Orson, is uh, touch ups and, and rewrites. He didn't yeah. actually write the script. Right. It's not his idea. No. No, that don't worry. He's still a genius the way he directed it, of course. Yeah, right, exactly. But it's like this weird it's a weird thing. It's yeah. it's hard to explain, but it's like this weird uh thing in Hollywood about who who wants it's like he wants a bigger ego for having credit for the thing, but it's also not that because it's how everyone does it. And everyone can buy I don't know. It's very strange. It, writers were treated very differently back then. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this guy wanted credit. And to obviously, I would have done. I mean, not, not, he doesn't know the future, but he didn't even know the movie would be made. But he wanted credit, and all the more power for him because, uh, you know, I'm not saying this movie wouldn't get made. It definitely would have been made in a different format. But could you imagine um, him not getting credit for one of the best movies out there? I mean, to a lot of people, it is. Yeah. You know. And uh, and I agree, it is one of the best. It's it's so it's so well so well done, so well made, so well written. Um, it's no joke on that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, this movie is definitely complicated. I definitely may, may just want to watch it again, probably, and um, figure it out more. And also maybe like this is this is a good movie to research, like um, research into the actual facts of the thing. And maybe we should have for this review. I never really thought of that because I just saw it a couple days ago. It's not like I had a lot of time, mm-hmm. but uh, we usually, and we usually don't re- do that here on the show. We don't research for, no, and, we try not to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's we, other podcasts that do that for us. That's right. That's right. So uh, maybe I'll go there and then get their sources and read up on stuff myself. I don't know what yet, but I definitely want to know more about this movie for sure. It makes me more intrigued about uh, its history. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super interesting, fascinating, and a good biopic, definitely. Yeah, I agree. But that's all I think I got. Yeah, I uh, I would say also I did like. Um, I was afraid once I knew Orson Welles was in this movie. Who are they going to use for Orson Welles? And the person they used was good. Um, and I also felt like it was just like just enough of Orson Welles <laughs> character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he is such a fantastic asshole. Right. Like, I just but feel like, like he's going to steal Unlike Mank, he's not charming about it. No, he's not. Yeah, 100%. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's for the difference. Really. I, I felt like a lot of the movie, um, a lot of the true parts of the movie are like in the end of the movie. Um, that feels yeah. more like the, bio, the biopic version of the movie, where yeah. he asking for credits and getting the award. And stuff like that, and even those conversations of him having in some of his history or whatever. But everything else just obviously could feel just kind of like a, a movie. Yeah. Exactly. 
All right. I think that is it for our review of Mank. Uh, we recommend it. Check it out on Netflix right now. It is black and white, but fear not. You're not going to die from color, from decolorization. Um, fear not. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to review our second movie of the evening, uh, which is what? Uh, Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. Stay with us. Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm going to be like a clip track. You can play to me. You have to understand your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. A heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into a free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. This is Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime. Uh, this is directed and written by Darius Martyr. Uh, at least he wrote for the screenplay. And then Derek, uh, yes, CN France, Sean France. Um, is this the stories by? There's two more credits, but I'm not getting that. Yeah, CN France, he did uh, some pretty big movies. Okay, cool. I don't know if I'm saying the right way. Uh, this is starring Riz Ahmed, who plays Ruben, Olivia Cook, uh, Paul Ra- Racy, Rossi, uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew uh, Amorik. Yeah, and Matthew Amorik. He's him before, right? I have. Yeah, yeah. I just, the way he writes his name. I think he's a Bond villain. I mean, he is a Bond villain, as a matter of fact. In the worst uh, Bond movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. And uh, Jamie Gazarian. We'll go with that. Uh, actually, who's... No, we'll go with that. Just trying to get the... Yeah, that sounds about right. Where's this guy? No, that's... A... Alright, anyways. Um, Sound of Metal. So, I went first last time. So, Oscar, what did you think of Sound of Metal? Uh, what I thought about Sound of Metal <clears throat> was that... Uh... While I feel like it could have been more bolder in some of the stuff it was uh, really? showing, okay. yeah. While I feel it could have been more, I mean, uh, more freeing about its subject matter and more, I think they could have gone further into not just like the way they were showing it necessarily, but um, further like the next step levels of things. Like I can't, I'll get to it when I get to it in spoilers, sure. but yeah. While I believe they could have gone further, I think that what they did in, in, in the runtime of the movie was a really interesting, intimate, uh, good story. Intimate. And, yes. It, you know, it, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. It feels like uh, it feels like I understand the, the main character um, in a way where, like, I can totally see what he's into, what he's not into, what kind of person he is, what kind of, you know, <clears throat> what kind of conviction he has. Um, and all that stuff is in the movie very well. And I think Riz Ahmed is, uh, I mean, this is such a weird movie for him. Uh-huh. Um, 
a weird role because uh, he usually plays like I don't know comedic or like weaker characters, and in this one he's like he's not that way. He's forced to confront things for sure that make him feel weak, but like it's not the same. It's very different about it, and I really like his performance in the movie. I really like how the movie shows him too. Um, kind of shows him like constantly naked, even though he has clothes on. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Right. Shows him completely exposed to all of the emotions around him and himself and to everyone that sees him and talks to him and not to mention, you know, whatever outdoors he's in, he's a lot in the outdoors. And uh, yeah. So uh, I think all of that is shown uh, very well. I mean, it probably could have been, more delicate or maybe it could have taken more time with it sometimes. But overall, I felt like it was spot on in its approach to this character. So, yeah, well-directed on that one. Um, really fell for this guy. What a, what a, I mean, it's fucked up. It's, it's like a, tra- it's a real tragedy that he has to survive. And much like other tragedies, which is funny because um, hiring uh, Matthew Almerich to play a character in this movie, which I think we might talk about in spoilers because he comes in later. Um, he plays, uh, he's famous for playing, um, I think it's based on a real life person. Uh, I forget the dude's name, but he plays a, a real life person who was, um, the diamond bell and the butterfly. You've seen it? No, I haven't seen that one. Okay. The diamond bell and the butterfly. I'm pretty sure that's the title. I spent a long time. It is. Yeah, it is. But, um, yeah, he starts in that movie and he plays a guy who, uh, is free spirited kind of rich guy, um, who gets into a, a car accident and leaves him completely paralyzed except for his eyes. He can blink his eyes. He's awake, but he can't move. And the whole movie is about that. And it's funny uh-huh. how they, they hire, I mean, this is not the same thing. This is a tragedy he has to deal with for sure. It's a, it's a, it's a paralyzing type of accident as in the sense of he can't do his fucking drumming. I'll tell you that. He can't, like, he can't hear. And that's the problem. It's a big problem. Yeah. Not a big problem as the Diamond Bell and the Butterfly guy, but it's still a big problem. And this is the same thing, and they hired this guy to be in the movie, which is funny because he did the same thing earlier. Um, maybe a little meta thrown in there. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. I really liked it. What about you? Uh, I'm kind of kind of mirror some stuff. Um, I would... The only thing I was... Just, I'll say some different stuff here. Where I obviously liked the movie a lot, and I felt like... Uh, like you said, intimate was a really good word for the movie. Um, just for the fact that we're like very much in his personal space all the time. Um, and I do like, I get what you're saying where I guess the movie could have been a little bit more bold. And I think I get what you're saying, but I actually like the fact that it went that route. And I like that it was bold enough to do it and not like be too much of a bitch about it, I guess when it comes to the audio in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, at, cause it, I mean, it's kind of off putting for people also, like it was off putting for me some of those times, but at the same time, it's meant to make me feel that. So I thought the movie did a good job in that aspect. Um, and then I, I, I did feel like, uh, um, I, I mean, I, I, I did like this movie a lot of just like how, our character grows and how our, you know, how, how we have to kind of like, we're, we're there. We're very much there with him. We're like, it's like, it's, it's like we're that uh, documentary crew who happened to be there that strike lightning with, you know, who happened to be at that shelter or that place for, for deaf people. Right. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just got there right when he joined. <laughs> it feels almost like that because we follow him everywhere, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's obviously it's not that. But it is a very shitty situation, and it's kind of hard to watch. Um, but it's also kind of good to see, good to see someone go through and kind of just like know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I guess kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I overall did like it. Um, I uh, it's a random pick for me to be really honest with you. Um, so, uh, yay me! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. Um, I I I like the uh, I like how the movie also uh, it doesn't do it again. It doesn't shine too much of a light on it. It doesn't really overstate welcome on a lot of the points it makes, which is kind of fun and interesting. <sighs> Because yeah. uh, you can see a lot of people like really pulling on that heartstring or making it, making you feel how really frustrating it all is or whatever it is. But during his journey, you realize how it's very difficult yeah. to, to adjust to this life. And again, the movie really doesn't. I can't explain. I cannot, cannot exact this even. I can't, I can't exasperate this any further, but like it really doesn't overdo it. Um, but it's still, you know it. And it's when, um, when he goes into, I don't want to say a rehab thing, but it's like a weird, uh, it almost is though. Like it, it feels like for so much the hearing impaired. I don't know. It's so. so weird. I know it's not, but it's like, it's like the right. But the stipulations are very similar to a rehab clinic. We were wearing like, you can't leave. There's no cell phones. There's no, right. Like a lot of the same beats that go into a drug rehab clinic are the same here. Right. But I think it couples and it specializes, obviously, in the hearing impaired and um, or deaf. Sorry, I have to say deaf because I didn't know that, by the way. I thought the hearing impaired would be a more an apt preference for people who are deaf. And no, just, they're just deaf. Yeah, right. They're just deaf. Right. I didn't. But I never thought of it as a hearing impaired would mean that you actually have some hearing. That you actually have some hearing. No, no, I don't think that. No, but they, I, no, I, he, the way he meant it in that scene, oh, he made okay. it seem like it was like a derogatory term. Derogatory term, yeah. yeah. And I was like, whoa, I never thought of that. Well, um, yeah, I think it's because of the fact that he's there like, all. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it's like the whole crux of it's like right. almost like a, a like a like a side like a, like the, almost like the main point of the movie, but not really. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, where like. You know, for them, it's not like it's not it's not a negative thing that they can't hear. So, hearing impaired implies that they are like they're missing something, and that's what this guy feels. This drummer guy is that he feels that way. He has to now live a life where he is missing a cr- crucial element of his of his life, and these people are not doing that. They can. They don't feel that way about it, I guess. And I, I can't really describe it super that well because not only because I'm, I'm not deaf, but like I feel like the movie does a better job by showing you the movie. Um, that, that to them, it's not like... I don't remember. The guy said it so well in that scene. I don't remember because he was trying to tell him like in a gently way, in a gentle way, like, hey, like, don't treat us like we're like lesser than anything. You know, we're not... Right. We don't see each other that way. We don't see each other as we're missing something at all. We have the same things as everyone. We can communicate just as well. You know, that's the whole point. All this stuff. It's great. Anyway. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. 
I wish I, you know, I wish I got more about the about him and him and the girl before. Uh-huh. I know that the story is ultimately his, but. And I felt like I got a lot too. I felt like I got a lot. You f- you feel a lot about them, on in the first ten minutes. You feel like you've watched them for like fifty minutes, in some yeah. ways. Like they feel so lived in. They're so used to each other. You could tell they went through some shit. You know, she yeah, threw you- something at his head once, and you know he probably did something to her once too. Like, <laughs> right, one hundred. Like a long time ago, probably obviously. And you know, all this stuff is in there, in their faces, in the way they communicate, in the way they know their body language so well. Um, in those brief scenes, but we do only get brief scenes, and you know the movie does the same effect, the same this same effect of very lived-in characters, very arduous processes, fast, you know, in, in, in streamlined, efficient ways, right? With all these close-up and intimate moments, right? It does it so well that by the time we get to, we're gonna get spoilers to mm-hmm. something else, it feels like something has gone missing, um, a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to describe right now. But what, yeah, did you like Riz Ahmed's uh, performance? Like throughout the whole thing, do you feel like it was uh, weird? Um, well, I just felt like he was like on a mission. You know, uh, he had this like my goal set in mind. You know, I got to do this. I got to do that. I mean, yeah, I, his life was know, going. His life, you know, it really was, and it's shitty that like something like this would happen to somebody right who's already been shot on, right? Um, before with, uh, obviously drug problems and stuff. Um, but like to see that and then having to be shot on with this issue of losing your hearing, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, yeah. especially for somebody who plays a drummer. Uh, yeah. And, and I then, know uh, that's not like a, like a yeah. death certificate for drummers. You definitely would like to have that. But it, 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 you can feel that rhythm. You can do it just as well. You, you can, you know. But at the same time, it's just like it's like for a guy who's already like. No, yeah, no. You know where, where <laughs> they were. It's not like be one thing if he was deaf from the beginning, right, and started drumming, and then right, exactly. You give him yeah. sound suddenly, it all will feel weird to him too. You know, right, right. That's the that's the issue I'm coming yeah. from. But um, overall, his performance um, it was just like um, I felt like it. Uh, every time I, I saw him, like, especially when he was like, just trying to get stuff done, until basically kind of the end of the movie, where he was just very, like, I mean, it, it almost felt like he was, like, trying to get a fix at all times. And there's a part of the movie where someone brings that up to him. Um, and it's like, I felt like he was always just, like, he was so dedicated that he had nothing else to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was so dedicated to getting, like, whatever he's doing done to get it done so he can just move forward. Um, Cause he felt like he just got fell in quicksand and he needed to get out um, super bad. And uh, he's willing to do anything to get out and he's willing to placate anybody kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's so I, I felt overall his performance was, uh, was pretty good. Um, and then I also liked some of the, uh, s- some of the other actors performance as well. Um, I can't think of his name. Hold on. I have it right here. Uh, Joe, Joe's performance. I like Joe a lot, especially that one scene, a uh, very pivotal scene, obviously, which we'll get to, I'm sure, a little bit later. And even uh, even Lou's performance with um, a lot of facial, especially in the movie, the beginning of the movie, because we don't see Lou that much um, mm-hmm. until like beginning and end kind of bookmarks. Um, but especially like uh, you see both of them, just how they look at each other or their 
facial expressions and like their tones and everything. And you, you do know that you've, that these people have gone through so much already together, um, that they know each other very, very, very well. Um, and just, uh, that alone says a lot. And I think, uh, it shows, they, they show their emotion, their expression of the face, just, just in the beginning movie, even before anybody losing their hearing. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we should get into spoilers for this movie. I think so. Because uh, we would definitely want to talk about that third act stuff. Um, so spoilers for Sound of Metal starting right now. I've got a little uh, assignment for you. Okay? You get up early, right? Yeah, pretty early, yeah. I'll have hot coffee waiting for you at 5.30. Early enough for you? I don't know, I guess. Okay, five. And I'll uh, provide a room for you. Or four. And there's nothing that needs to be accomplished in this room. All I want you to do is just sit. All I ask is if and when you cannot just sit, you turn yourself to the pen and paper that I'm going to supply for you. And I want you to write. Doesn't matter what you write, how you write, whether it's spelled correctly, or if it's just a big mess. I don't care. No one will read it, okay? But I want you to keep writing continuously, without stopping, until you feel like you can sit again. Uh, yeah, I, I love, you were talking about how he's willing to appease anyone, right? And stuff like that. He is, he's paranoid, anxious, nervous, w- rushing to, to rushing. I mean, fix everything because he doesn't want to lose the amount of like the, the stuff he's able to gain after all the amount of shit he must have gone through already. So yeah, he does, he has this like impatience to, to figure all this stuff out as soon as possible to return to Lou and their lifestyle. Um, right. And yeah, it's it's a daunting. And, you know, at some point in the movie, I guess uh, it makes sense. I guess at some point. Uh, okay, my question is, at what point did you think it was never going to come back to normal for them? For who? For him slash them, the couple. When did I think it wasn't going to go back to normal? Right. When were you? Uh, when, I think the realization I got was when, uh, when I found out she was in Paris. Okay. Um, I just felt like she wasn't uh, in the picture already. Like there wasn't any like correspondence and stuff like that. He had to all look for her himself. Uh. And then when he found that she's in Paris, he's like, oh, dude, I just saw this girl in Paris and she was doing some performance or something. And he's like, oh, I didn't know, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, right. I think she's moving on. Like, she's obviously trying to do something else with her life, right? Or not maybe something else, but yeah. like, she's just trying to continue. Do you get a doing- sense of how much time has passed? I, dude, I don't. I want to say like it's I been like a couple months. I but don't I, either. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get how much time has passed. It could be a year. It could be more. I have no idea. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the only other. That's the, one of the big issues I have with the movie. I just don't know how much time yeah. has passed. 
Yeah, that's um, my big issue too. I wish I wish I had more or more of a grasp on time. Yeah, because there's no there's no telltale like filmmaking device, you know, shown in the movie that tells you like you know there's no like there's no seasons change that I could tell. There's no you know nothing like that. Yeah, and enough to tell us. No, I mean I don't. I'm not saying I'm looking for something cheesy like the cal- calendar pages scrolling by, right? <laughs> right. But something. Yeah, you know? I feel like, or even a line, even if someone said like I haven't seen you in. X, Y, and Z, you know? Yeah, and maybe, for all I know, someone maybe had mentioned it in one of the casual conversations that I'm happened. So, I'm so good I about picking so. those up, but I don't think Yeah, me so. too. I think, yeah. I'm, I think I am too, and I think I, I would have caught it. But yeah. it's possible I missed it. But yeah, it, wait. No, I agree with you. It is yeah. possible I missed it too, but I am pretty good about catching that stuff, especially with the movie. <laughs> There's very little sound, so when someone else is talking, you think I'd listen, mm, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I would say at least half a year, easy, like six months. Right. On the low end, I would say six months for sure. Just for the fact that, like, how long does school last, and these kids that are in school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I like how he threw himself into all that stuff. He's always he's, you know, his demeanor. Like it, uh, not his demeanor, but his well, maybe his demeanor because he does look like he's always like pissed or thinking about something <laughs> mad yeah. all the time, and he's not. I mean, me wrong. He's very frustrated a lot of, a lot of time in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but like that's not the same, and he's. He's a very compassionate man, and he doesn't look like it because he's a he's a drummer for a metal band. He has all these tattoos, and he has his clothes. He, he does his, he doesn't look like he would, yeah. but he really is. And stuff you, know, you can see it in the way he works with the kids. Um, oh, you can in the in the movie. Uh, yeah, I really like all that stuff. And and how much faith his sponsor or the the guy who owns that or whatever heads heads that chapter house, whatever they call it. Um, how much trust he has in him. You know, and also in the patience he has, in addition to the trust he has for him, the patience for him to see and, you know, cope with the understanding that it's not going to change for him anymore. It's going to be, he's a deaf person. Yeah, and I and I really thought he got that. And I really thought that mm-hmm. he's, like, interacting with these kids and he's, you know, teaching them how to, with the drums also and stuff like that. And I feel like he's acclimating himself. And even um, Joe the character kind of feels the same way. Like he's like, okay, I feel like you did. And I feel like he literally took like 10 steps back when he saw that video of her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's where, yeah, that's where the third act really becomes something. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, fr- now he goes back into like frantic mode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that scene where, um, that seems a very powerful scene when Joe, when he has with Joe, where he's like, um, uh, he says he sold his car already. He sold everything to get that operation done. He got it done, mm-hmm. and he didn't even tell Joe about it, right? Or I guess he left him a note, which is like extremely rude, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he, and then Joe's basically like telling him like you, you can't be here because you know we're not this, this and that and you know like he literally he kind of saw him almost like this kid kind of thing, you know, like um, you could tell like they obviously had a he obviously had a big relationship with him because he saw a lot of himself in him. Um, and things of that nature, and it's a it's a it's a big performance on Joe's end, as well as um, like you can tell, like he he doesn't want to hear it, he doesn't want to listen. Uh, Reza Beth's character, he doesn't just doesn't want to listen to to what's it called uh, to what he's saying at this time because he doesn't want to believe it. He doesn't want to believe like a lot of the what he what he what he kind of fucked up or what he could have had uh, that he needed to move on also right mm-hmm. um, or not move on but like accept the fact that he's not gonna have his hearing back 
and he went to this thing and I it was one of the biggest disappointments I had when he's like when you were getting that audio and it's just not the same as what he was and then mm-hmm. they're like it's simulating what you're gonna hear it's not gonna be exactly what you used to hear because your ears still don't work it's just faking it for you there's a machine faking it for you yeah. and I was and I like that was soul crushing man that, that was that hurt me so bad when she gets told when she tells him that and him just like trying to like maybe I can get my car back from Joe and get money and this this and that and I was like dude it just felt so shitty I just like felt like he got shat on again <laughs> like I was like oh my god um, yeah yeah I mean the, the 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 doctor did say something about some adjustment period before it evens out more but ultimately yeah it's gonna be different and nothing is really it's not he can't he can't go back he can't and so going to paris yeah. is very interesting because i don't know what the hell's going on at first i'm like is she living with this dude and then you find out it's her father like oh, yeah I'm like, right. okay. I'm like okay let me thank god um and all this stuff and you see her and it's also that's very painful sad moment when they're together after this party thing and which is also another bag of uncomfortable awkward stuff um, for him anyway, like he's trying to like just catch up to her. Um, she like her, I love her act in, in this bedroom scene yeah. where she, she clearly, I mean, she has moved on. She has, yeah. She has, or has been wanting to maybe has been staving it off or slowing it down yeah. for instead of like ramping it up. Like she really wants well, to. You can tell they obviously needed each other in that point in time when they were yes. together. Um, but I, they, she's managed to move on, and it's been enough time for her to heal from that as well. Um, and he has, and everyone heals at a different rate. Yes, and and I think she, prefer, I think she, it's like both. It's like these two conflicting ideas of separating him from her or her from him, uh-huh. and one of them is like. The, the notion of like the gratitude she feels for his involvement into her healing, his involvement into her growing up and the way he helped her move on and do something worthwhile and staying out of whatever she was into, drugs, or alcohol, whatever it may have been. Yeah. Like all these things, she feels so immensely gratitude for him that she it's hard to let that go or like right. leave him right he wants to when he's like excited and talking about restarting the tour she gives there's a hesitation but she gives like a yeah okay you know but like she yeah. doesn't actually want to do it no and i mean he catches up on it thankfully it does not this movie does not make that doesn't drag that along he catches up to it in that scene and realizes it you know and yeah. s- starts to read her just read her fucking soul right there yeah um like a like a book and the other thing is that she, I think she got, she started enjoying really the idea of not needing him at all. And I don't mean it like in a bad, like, oh, codependent way, but I think she really enjoyed being solo, flying solo um, in the world kind of thing. It's like both of these things is what causes her to, to, I mean, she doesn't actually leave him. She would have probably. Maybe not. Who knows? But he does. He does take the initiative and actually do it for her um, when he realizes her hesitation 
and her, you know, her wanting to fucking stay in Paris or do whatever she's doing, you know. And it's strange because they have to, I guess, now get used to loving each other from afar and not in the same, not in a romantic way anymore, maybe. It's, that's where, uh, this is where maybe I wanted more because I feel like if I understood more angles, elements, sides to their relationship beforehand, I feel like this would have been the scene of the year for me had I gotten more. And I know the whole movie is through his perspective, but maybe the movie should have been both of their perspectives. Maybe the whole movie should have been about these two people dealing with the one tragedy of him becoming deaf. Yeah, uh, maybe. You know, and I think uh, that's the one thing that the, I don't. I feel like the movie holds back on is that not showing us enough on that on those on those angles because they, I think that they had a lot going on with her. Um, as much as they had along with this guy for what little they showed her, they had a lot going on with her. And I think that, um, I don't know, like they could have just rolled the dice on, on trying to, on trying to show both of the characters, um, doing their thing, um, along the way and seeing what they see and seeing what they feel. Yeah. I think, I think that would have gone a long way to, to make that ending more impactful. Not that it wasn't, it was impactful. I mean, when he leaves her, goes outside, sits down, hears all this noise, horrible metal noise. And he takes it off and finally accepts it, that he is a deaf person mm-hmm. and uh, he must, like, go on, right, continue life. He might go back to that place, maybe if he can still offer that teaching thing or not, who knows, but he's going to continue on being a deaf person. And that's yeah. very good. It's a very good I, uh, acceptance well, thing. That, that very, yeah, that very ending, I, what I like a lot about that also is is that he finds that moment of silence that he that he so needs that he's like, I need like this moment of silence to get clear for myself, right? And I'm like, and it makes it's it's, it's almost a laughable moment because like, you're, bro, you're deaf. Like your your whole life is moment of silence, you know. Like from here on out, like if obviously you have this cochlear implant that you can put on, but I'm like, you're you're deaf. Like you, this is what Joe was trying to teach you to begin with, you know. And I was like, but yeah, sorry. No, no, you're good. Yeah, that's overall, I I think that's the, yeah, that's that's really all I got from the movie. It's a lot already, but I think I I got it all, honestly. But yeah, it's a very good, intimate story. Very good story. Um, I didn't expect it to be like this at all. I when the movie started with the metal stuff, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Is it about the band? Is it about the music? It's about I have no idea because it could be just about the inspiration of music, right? Trying to rekindle that or a lot of things. And it just kept uh, kept me going, you know, trying to figure it out, and then not just figuring it out, but like also like intrigued into seeing what's what's the next curveball life is going to throw at him. What's the next decision he makes? Um, yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, these I would say, let me see, what's the, all three stories are like intimate, personal stories. Actually, uh, all three movie reviews, I mean, are kind of like that <laughs> this week. So you picked, uh, I mean, it's two biopics right here. And then this one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is based on anything. Maybe it is. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Anything else you got? No, that's it. All right. Then uh, I think we'll call it there for this review. So that's going to be uh, there for our review of Sound of Metal. So check it out on Amazon Prime if you're interested. Uh, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back after the trailer and all that, we're gonna show we're gonna talk about our last movie, which is Roth's first marathon pick, which is what?
Motorcycle Diaries. That's right. The Motorcycle Diaries. Find out what that's about and stick around. Bueno, es para mí una obligación el agradecer este brindis con algo más que un gesto convencional. Pero dada las precarias condiciones en que viajamos, solo nos queda como recurso afectivo la palabra. Y es empleándola que quiero agradecer a todos ustedes, a todo el personal de la colonia. De verdad, que, que nos da esta magnífica demostración de afecto de, casi sin conocernos, de festejar mi cumpleaños como si fuera la fiesta íntima de alguno de ustedes. Bueno, y aprovechando que el día de mañana dejaremos el Perú, estas palabras toman forma de una despedida, en la cual quiero poner todo mi empeño en reconocer al pueblo de este país, que de manera ininterrumpida nos ha colmado de agasajo desde nuestra entrada. Bueno, y quiero recalcar una cosa más un poco al margen del tema de este brindis. Este, pero no se preocupen que no voy a bailar <risa> aunque lo exiguo de nuestras personalidades nos impide en estos casos ser voceros de su causa creemos y después de este viaje más firmemente que antes que la división de América en nacionalidades inciertas e ilusorias es completamente ficticia Constituimos una sola raza mestiza desde México hasta el Estrecho de Magallanes. Así que tratando de librarme de cualquier carga de provincialismo, brindo por Perú y por América Unida. Salud. The dramatization of a motorcycle road trip Che Guevara went on his youth that showed him his life's calling. This is the Motorcycle Diaries, or the Aros de Motocicleta, um, directed by Walter Sayas, um, starring uh, Gal Garcia Bernal, Rodrigo de la Serna, uh, Mia Maestro, Mercedes Moran, Jean-Pierre Noir, um, and a bunch of other people. So, um, this is my first viewing, because obviously my marathon are movies that I haven't seen or I missed out in, in a decade that I picked from 95 to 05. Um, I think, Luke, this is also your first viewing, am I correct? Uh, no, I've seen this movie multiple times. I'm, I'm a huge uh, Chase supporter, so I got all his t-shirts. All of them? All of them. Wow. No, I'm kidding, this is okay, my first so time watching this movie. And then Oscar, I know you've seen the movie before because I remember when it came out, you were like, you should watch this movie. Why aren't you watching this movie? Why haven't you seen this movie? Oscar did the road trip with them, man. He's that old. <laughs> I wish I did the road trip with him. Should I wish? Those? Anyways, no. you were saying Oscar. No, uh, in our life experience, Ralph, I believe, I don't know if it was just me or if it was both of us, but we were tentatively not like a for real set in stone thing, but we were invited to go road tripping down to Brazil with a cousin um once and uh this it reminded me of this movie um right and uh obviously mine is the motorcycle part because I, I don't think i'd do it with that but i would definitely do it in a car um <laughs> like a car with a roof you know? you're so and, sheltered oscar 
Yeah, you know, well, that's that's just gonna be something the world has to live with, you know. <laughs> uh, as far honesty. as road trip movies go, I I saw this, you know, um, pretty out of the blue. I probably I, I think I pretty much saw it because of Gael Garcia at the time. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. He was a rising star. He had done Amores Perros, which was I was in love with that movie. Um, it's hard to be in love mm-hmm. with a very depressing movie, but <laughs> there I was. And um, I'm pretty sure I just saw it on the strength of the actor. And I was surprised by the subject material. And at the time, I um, not very, I wasn't so keen into history. Not that I am compared to like scholars or anything like that. Still, um, but I wasn't. I wasn't. Didn't know much about this guy, the real life uh, Che Guevara. And um, I didn't know like I didn't know that was a nickname either. You know, I didn't know so many things about him. I knew he was a revolutionary from South America. That's as far as I knew before. And I knew America hated him, or people. A lot of people hated him. And um, and I see, and, and I still, it's funny because I still don't know his exploit. This movie is not about that. It's about how he no. is going to become that man, and where he gets the ideals that sets him to his path to make him historically infamous. And um, yeah, this movie I think does a really good job of making a really human story. Um, making you can see a perception building in a young man who is um. Just trying to put some miles on his soul before, like, making a career and working with people, you know. Mm, he, right. wants to, he wants to, and I really like how the movie is so tender about it and so patient about it throughout the scenes and stuff. Um, it feels very lived in. There's no, there's no fucking around this movie. No. I think besides the main two or three actors and some of the, maybe the other people they meet, everyone feels like they live there. I think they all do, actually. I didn't read up on the movie, but yep. I won't be surprised that these are all really towns along the way to, you know, where, where, where they end up. Um, in the Amazon, I don't remember where. Bolivia? I don't remember. Sorry. And um, where would they end up? Uh, all the towns along the way. I'm very sure those are the exact same towns that they would have done. Like, I'm sure it was. That's how accurate it looked. That's how real it looked. And you can see it. And it went a long way to making the movie more genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan. I'm still a big fan. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm glad. Right on. Uh, Luke, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was really good. I literally had no idea that this was a biopic. Then I was like, hey, it's a biopic. All right. And I didn't know it was about Che Guevara or whatever. Because I didn't know that that was his name. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like his real, real name, you know. Well, his name is uh, technically Ernesto. Yeah, right. That's his real name. But But no no one knows Ernesto. (laughs) Right. Well, that that's uh that's Che is like a saying that they use in, um, where is he? What country is he from? Um, Argentina. No, no, it's. Uh, I thought it was Argentina, wasn't it? I, I, I should be Argentina. Um, Either Argentina or the one don't right cry for me, you know. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> Argentina. Because when he goes yeah. to Chile, they all blame him for being Argentinian. Yeah, they all yeah. Blame him for dirty. Yeah, yeah. So dirty Argentinian. That's what they. That's what they call like guys. It's like saying guys or guy. Or dude. Or dude, yeah. I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude. We're all sort dudes. of, yeah. Wow. But it's more, like, it's more like using the space between certain words and then putting Che in those spaces. It's like not really a dude, but it's like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Luke, before I rudely interrupted you. No, oh, that's fine, it's fine. I do that all the time. Anyways, oh yeah, so it was really cool to see it. And, uh, you know, you see the making of a, a revolutionary, a philanthropist. A dirty commie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Jeez, tell me how you really. I, I really right? don't know. I really don't know what he become. I don't know. I can't. I'm not going to speculate on his political <laughs> leanings because I really don't know. I can't say for sure. I hear that it's communist, but for all I know, he's so. <laughs> I don't know what he is. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll, so my first viewing as well, um, and yeah, I I, uh, I liked it. I did. I, I can. I I kind of mirror what Oscar said about just the um, how it feels very uh, very there, very much so. Um, they're living, they're obviously walking or to do a lot of walking as much as being on a motorcycle. Um, if not more walking, um, in the, uh, just in those towns in that area, in that time, um, they does a good job. Um, and it's like, they have like this sense of adventure, but at the same time, it's like a sense of finding oneself without that was like the point of the point of the trip was meant for that. But at the same time, I felt like it was. It was just to go and like explore before you before we hit the age of we can't do it because we have to be adults, you know. Um, and it was like a perfect storm of being able to go do that. And obviously, like it kind of like you see where he gets these, uh, where he decides to set his roots and what he decides to fight for um, in his future. Um, so yeah, that's uh. But overall, so I I don't know anything about Che either, um, but uh, or not enough that I. I know enough to know some stuff, but not like only probably what the United States let, lets us know, <laughs> you know, um, or would prefer to want us to know. So, yeah, that's about it. But uh, overall, that was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, at this point, I remember, I remember what did it. What did I watch? I think it was Amores Perros for Gael Garcia. Um, or was it before? Maybe it was Itu Mama Tambien. I can't remember. Which one I saw first. Or was Itu Mama Tambien after? Uh, I believe Itu Mama Tambien was first. It was no, first. No, yeah. Amores Perros was 2000. Itu Mama Tambien was 2001. So oh. yeah, I, but I saw Itu Mama so Tambien first. Uh, I remember watching Itu Mama Tambien first though. Before I saw Amores Perros. Um, and then, then this would be his third, but I didn't see this movie, obviously, because it's my first time. I didn't see it until I saw him in a bunch of other shit after that. Um, but yeah, I can see why this would be a movie. Um, I don't think I would have, I'm wondering what, how I would have felt, because it's my movie pick, and I guess I wanted to talk about how I would, see, how I would think I would have felt if I watched it then. So this is 2004, so let's say I would have watched it probably like in 04, 05, um, because uh, it came out late October, um, mm-hmm. I would have probably, man, I would have thought that was a cool trip to do, and that's a cool thing because especially high school, like I'm right, I'm right in the cusp of entering senior year of high school for me. Um, so that I probably would have, you know what? Had I probably seen this movie and then talked to my uncle about it and then wanting to do that trip, I probably would have been more inclined to. Um, kind of seeing where like you can kind of like learn more um not just like uh be worried about doing what i'm doing here mm-hmm. uh so maybe i missed out never know but uh seeing it now i mean you can obviously see the roots and everything of how um like what he learns and how he becomes like the person from like very being very blunt and then learning how to have a what's it called a bedside manner and stuff like that and like, just as he goes along, being like a doctor, you know, because that's what he's studying for, or that's 
what he basically is. I'm like one semester away from having a PhD. So, um, yeah, one yeah one semester from finishing up his degree. Right. Um, you know, I, I think uh, this movie uh, does a really good job of something that we haven't discussed yet. Hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's more obvious to other people. It just wasn't so so obvious for me. Um, that it's a uh, it's a movie you can't um, you can't actually know what happened. Like no, the movie doesn't know exactly what happened to him. Mm-hmm. The most they can get is is whatever he whatever Che Guevara said after when he was like already famous maybe or not infamous. I mean not to be famous to be famous, but when he was known and maybe did interviews or talked to people about his past, right or. <clears throat> Or most likely, it came from because I know that at the end, the screenplay was inspired or was adapted from, or was uh, whatever inspired by or adapted from um, one of Che Guevara's like diaries or journals, something like that. And the other one was uh, his friend, and uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the funny guy, um, uh, Alberto. Yeah, Leonardo. Um, right, and the other one is him, and. And I'm, you know, it's, uh, it feels like it's both like, like an inspired by kind of movie and also a biopic. Because I can't tell you for sure how detailed those journals are. I haven't read those books, whatever they're at, whatever the sources are. Mm -hmm. But like, it feels like it's like a movie that knows enough about Shays Guevara's like history to know that. And knowing maybe enough stories, like oh yeah, he met this girl once, and um, you know, and, uh, he, and she she tried to she tried to go out with him, but her husband, her drunk husband, was there at the bar. You know, he might have said a story like that, and they put it in the movie, or he might not have to further you know show like the audience what kind of man he was without like seemingly trying to to be super accurate about the history of real life. Because a lot of movies get into this problem where they try to be too accurate about what happened in history and things look muddled or the movie feels off or because life is, you know, doesn't lead a structure like that, like a movie. So therefore in a movie, it's going to look bad. But in this movie, like I said, it looks like it's, it could all be made up, half of it made up, all of it completely real. Like all these stories could have been real stories that came from somewhere None of it was made up. Maybe just the timeline was changed up. On it's supposed to be from each of each of their books, yeah. uh, Che's book or Ernesto's and mm-hmm. uh, Alberto's book as well. Um, they had their own little book about their trip, I guess, and they I guess they mixed them together. Um, yeah, but, right. But I don't know. Right, um, and I think it's like it's like they both wrote a book that made a, a, a cohesive story, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they both write a book um, that ended up being like a good story to tell, uh, but like about this one chapter in their lives, because they're. I mean, it's what, what, the whole movie is like what weeks or months? I don't know. Uh, but, it's uh, months, it's almost six months, I think. Six months, okay. Give or I, take, yeah. I know most of it's like weeks, and then it skips, and then it starts skipping more. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think I was really really seamless how the movie was like able to, like. Not even, you can't even tell at all what scene is what. So much so that Luke, I mean, didn't even know it was a biopic because it's not obvious as a biopic. It doesn't feel. I mean, it doesn't feel like one. No, you know, I mean, it yeah, it could totally come up as like a you know like a buddy road trip type of movie. You know, yeah, right, 100%. right. 
Um, and I just, you know, never would have told, you could never tell before. I can also tell why they haven't, like, updated this movie, because even the rented copy that we got was, like, oh, okay, it wasn't, like, HDified. No, no, it was very much standard definition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not knocking it, nothing saying, not saying anything bad about that, but, I mean, yeah. Right, but an update is required. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, um, so it seems like, Ralph, you feel like you missed out then, right? Uh, I say, yeah, for the time, yeah. If I was a little younger, I wouldn't have cared. I would have been like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, that's about it. Um, and so, I probably would have missed a lot of the points of the movie about, like, growing and, like, how life mm-hmm. can impact you and things like that. Um, but, yeah. I mean, if I saw it when it would have, when it showed what I should have, um, 2004, 2005, like I said, I would have been a junior, getting into senior, so, yeah. So the movie you think would have impacted you? Would have been impacted me more than I th- probably think it would have, yeah. See, for me, what it did the first time around in 2004, whatever, yep. um, what it did is that it gave me this palpable, like, reachable sense of um, uh, hospitality or caring for others or <sighs> thinking beyond you yourself. You care for others? No. Sus. Uh, no, Sus. I didn't, didn't say that. <laughs> Did I say that? No, I said it made me feel that way. So, like, it made me thought of, think about that and stuff. <laughs> um, and, I mean, in reality, I do when it matters, just not with you guys. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I do. We're all joking here. But, like, yeah, but it did give me that sense. It never, I never really th- thought of it. I mean, at the time, that's what it did. And I thought of that at the time for sure. And I'm pretty sure I didn't give a shit about Che Guevara or that it was a biopic or any yeah. of that. Yeah, but I wouldn't have cared either. I definitely would not have known who Che Guevara was. Right, and I probably wouldn't have looked it up either. Or oh, I would have anything. Uh, that's that dirty kippy from the t-shirts. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> so from 2004, I wouldn't, I would not have looked it up. But I, I did. The movie did a good thing with the whole thing with the um, with the leper colony thing um, in the Amazon River or by the Amazon River. Um, it, it did some really good stuff there. I, I really gave me this 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 sense of a like his sense of like both accomplishments and the weight of so much to do because it never is not not it doesn't feel like never ending. It is, but it's more like the sense of unfair and injustice going around him that took him to that point, um, coupled with the grand magnitude of helping others. You know, like it's. Uh, I, I really got all that all that stuff in 2004, and um, it really gave me those those thoughts about it, those feelings about it, and uh, you know, and curious about them at the time. So yeah, it was good. It was good for that. Uh, this time around, I got I was definitely much more interested in the uh, technique. I was more interested in even like um, in in, in lo- detailing the looking at uh, their friendship, Alberto and Ernesto's friendship along the way. And how that also is seamlessly realistic, like the whole the the infighting, the the cracking, the you know the tolerating the space they need sometimes, all that stuff. I got you know it's like so seamless yeah. um, as to like how good they are as friends, and you know how they how they just they just are around each other, you know. Um, and yeah, and the guy Alberto is just a. He's clearly he's, he, he works so many levels too. He does a lot of the heavy lifting in the in the sense of um the way he 
he makes the movie. I mean, if you, uh, he makes the movie less serious, and I don't mean in a bad way. Of course, he makes the movie fun to watch. Yeah. You know? No, I I agree. He uh, brings a lightheartedness to the movie. Yeah, he gives and he also brings a very human side of like I think he's everybody else. Um, I think he acts yep. very much so like uh, how you people would expect to act. Also, like. A lot of Americans would expect to act, especially people who are going on a road trip. That's why they're like, oh, I want to fuck in every town and every city, you know, and shit like that. I want to go do this. I want to just like, get it out of my system. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I'm having fun. Um, you can look at it as getting out of my system, but it's more like I'm just having fun. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say. Like, yeah, he is the audience surrogate. And I don't mean like in a way where, um, where like, so you can understand the world. Not at all. The movie doesn't do that whatsoever. It just does that in a way, in a sense of like, in the shadow of someone that's going to be great, like Che Guevara. You know, great could be bad or good, right? You could have completely no sympathies for the man or have all the sympathies for the man. Um, It doesn't matter. He became a huge figure. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he is the best friend of this huge figure. So he's everyone else. And he's not instilling any opinions on him. It's not political at all. It's not any any of that. But he's just... His attitude and his general demeanor, as Ralph was just saying, um, makes him the audience surrogate for sure. Because he wants to have fun. He's on a road trip. That's what he's there to do. He does a lot of the same things that I think a lot of us would do, including me. I don't know if I'd be able to win that blackjack poker <laughs> stuff too. Yeah, that was. With that, uh, <laughs> right. I don't know, Oscar. I, I I don't doubt you. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying I wouldn't try. I don't know if I'd win. You didn't hear that, right? Uh, you know, oh. it's one thing to you'd make and, sure you win. I I don't know what that means. Is that a compliment or not? I have no idea right now. I mean, getting between you and a working lady almost impossible. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. In a good way. It's funny in a good yeah, way. Yeah, you're ambitious. <laughs> It sounds like I'm not ambitious at all. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, all right. So, anything else on the want to say on the movie, guys? Or whatever? I don't know. Luke, how do you think it would have made you feel? I ask because, you know, what did you say? Back did you then? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I I have no clue. You don't think you're trying to look at yourself back then? Six, Luke, 16 years ago, he was kind of a dick. Let's not go back there, okay? Yeah, you haven't changed you much. You haven't changed much. I, I've gotten better. Have you? I mean, there's less jokes about things, but that's about it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's impossible to keep you between that and a really right. insensitive joke. Right. Back then, you were... Uh, you were very creepy, I would say, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, anyway, I don't know if, uh, honestly, it's, I don't think, I I just don't know what impact this would have had on me. Hmm. I don't think I'd want to go on a, you know, road trip like that, though. Yeah. Maybe it's a Hispanic thing. What do you think, Oscar? Yeah. I don't know. I thought of that, too. Um, what I would say is that the only real thing with the language is uh-huh. that uh, I definitely ha- was dependent more on the subtitles in 2004 than I was today. Or last mm. week. Um, I feel like uh, I was dependent a little bit in the beginning, and then I forgot they were even there by the end of it. 
You mean this? Oh yeah, we just you don't tell me you watch it. Um, right, right. Right. No, I'm saying I just I I just got better at. Listening yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I that makes sense. I was just dependent on it, I guess, because I was uh, had to make that transition. I guess. Also, between 2004 and now, I have seen even marathoned, you know, different movies by Chilean directors and Argentinian directors, and they, I know they all have their own syntax and different styles yeah. of speaking and stuff of language. Kind of like, not quite like pikey to the English, not, not that horrendous, but like definitely different, right? Like the difference between Boston Boston and Texan. Um, and yeah, so I, maybe, I, maybe that's part of it also why I was able to like completely understand it. And like you, Ralph, also like the subtitles kind of melted in the background for me and I didn't really need them. Yeah. Right. I needed them hardcore. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and you weren't using them much. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that went 100%. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I, I dug the score, even though I would never listen to it besides in this movie. Like, it's not a score I would actually listen to, like, on my free time. But I liked how the score uh, was used um, to great effect and several points in the movie. And uh, I'm trying to think of one right now other than, like, the whole thing with the swimming across the river. Um, but there's a few out there. And, like, even the ending, the movie ends before they give you the, the, the crawl, right? The the obligatory, uh, right, uh, biopic crawl of saying what happened to this famous person mm-hmm. after all this, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, they show all these pictures, right? These perfect pictures that tells you really all you need to know, like the people. It's the people that he's wanting to help. It's all these people, and some of them, I think most of the people in the pictures, if not all of them, are people he meets along yeah. the way, yeah. and they're in their own setting. So wherever he met them, whatever town, city, bungalow, forest, whatever the hell it was, um, the picture is reflective of that. And you can see some, some some of the pictures look like, oh, that could be the same town. Others, oh, that's a completely different place, you know, um, different entire area of South America. Uh, and I, I love that. I love how it just doesn't really sh- overshow it at all. It just gives you these pictures of the people he's met along the way. These are the, like the cast of people. That changed his life, right? And that's the whole point. Um, yeah, so yeah, I loved all that. It was a great touch, and the, the music helped with that. I'd be like, I don't know what kind of music. I'm not really super savvy on this shit, so I don't know. It was like this guitar thing, but I don't remember. Um, but I really liked it. Um, uh, anything else, guys, you want to mention or talk hmm. about? Mm, I can't really think of anything else. I mean, besides the... I mean, I get why he would, you know, gets to like from what he sees you and as a doctor and i guess it's even though they were raised the same way i guess not the same way but they were raised as like good best friends you know um they're not they're not obviously raised the same way and they have like different they're completely different people where they do want to help people out but one wants to help them out in like the standard way and one wants to actually change the world in his right. own one way. wants to make a career work in a hospital and help people that right way. right and there's this a big difference to, like, it's like right. it's like basically like uh the differences of, of working at a business and then being a business owner you know like yeah maybe i mean that's a good way to put it that is a good way to put it like or, being an or, own, or yeah one well, wants right. to do it and everything on his own like there's like that's a good allegory too that's a good that's good yeah. i really like that because um you know another way you could say is like um he's he's trying to i mean uh alberto is trying to fix minds and uh and Esther wants to change them. You know, that's another yeah, big, yeah, well, big difference. Right interesting. There. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's it on the Motorcycle Diaries. I think so. Which makes it uh, the end of our show. You have yeah. been listening 
to another movie <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Say ta-da. Yes, um, don't forget that if you uh, want to send feedback or opinions or anything like that regarding these movies we've spoken about today, you can send it to our email at podmoviecast at gmail.com. Um, just send us whatever you'd like. That'd be great to talk to you about. Um, we don't get a lot of audience stuff, is my point. You know, do we have an audience? I, I know that, I know, yeah, we do have a <laughs> not a. I'm not saying a substantial audience, but we have like definitely a lot of people more than more way than a thousand, I think. Way yeah. to talk shit to our people, bro. Right? Yeah, I want them to fucking respond. Yeah, they know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they know. You're like they know. <laughs> you're just, uh, Luke's just giving you shit, and you're like, fuck. He's like, you're like letting him revel in it. No, I know. It's just fine. I can let him do it. He's about Listen, to all three of you, write something for the guy, okay? Make us Christmas. Oh, dude, I thought you were talking to us, and I was like, are you including yourself in there? Yeah, it'd just be fun. Okay. Anyway. Well, I, I'm pretty sure us three of us are the ones that download the show anyways. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's great. Great to know that. Um, it's great to feel that. Uh, all right. So you can follow me personally on, on Twitter, as well as on my letterbox, if you want to see all the terrible shit I watch. Um, at Armin Filmmaker, oh, which is Filmmaker terrible. with A-R-M-E-N. Uh, Luke, just say your fucking thing already. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> at Slothmaster Luke. You know, fucking use it anyway. Roth? Uh, yeah, at Twitter, at uh, Don Rafael, underscore between the Rafael and then uh, on Twitch, at Sutrauma. That's uh, S-I-O-U-X-T-R-A-U-M-A. And then I stream, I stream at night, basically. I like to stream at night. Yeah, I saw um, you guys last night, but uh, and then like, I had to leave, so I was there for a minute. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Don't worry about it. I appreciate it. Though. <laughs> it was that ghost and game. If I do stream in the afternoons, I'll stream like around now, like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock Central. in the afternoon. Central, correct. Central, all central time. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah, it's fun. Um, all right. Now, remember, guys, everyone out there, we are a bi-weekly show. That means every other weekend. So next time... It'll be our just after Christmas episode. It'll be right between Christmas and New Year's is the next show. Um, and there's something crucial here that we've been remiss to talk about. And I've also purposely have like been delaying it a bit mm-hmm. because it's been a weird year. Has but here, here it comes. The top 10 shows. Uh, are we doing it? Because Yes, know. we are. We're never not doing Ugh. it. We're never not We're doing never it. We're never not doing it. I do, why are you surprised? And why does this sound like a job to you? Are you doing this for fun or not? Anyway, right. so many questions for you, Luke. You um, want to become famous? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. There it uh, is. Terrible. So terrible. I know. Um, that's the best part. It is the best part. Fuck many. Um, so, yeah. So, top 10 shows. So, obviously, um, not obviously, because you haven't known yet. I'm about to give you titles for the next review. So, we're not doing it next time. But after that is when we're going to come back with our... It's going to be a little delayed, of course. It's not coming out right in January. And it's not going to be uh, as expedient as it was last year. I think last year, Rafa, you and I had like uh, two top 10 shows before the end of the year. And we haven't even thought of one yet. So, no, we haven't. So we're going to try our best here. But yes. Bringing... <clears throat> so the, the top 10 shows are going to be the, the staples, the discoveries, the movies, the TV. Right? And um, and that's it. No, there's no fourth. Last time there was a fourth because of the decade. Um but that was like a special circumstance. So yeah, so stick stick with us. We're going to talk about those, and we are bringing our recurring annual guest uh, host Matt to talk <laughs> about his movies, uh, his TV stuff. Sorry, um, and obviously because he's uh, already ready. Yeah, he's ready. He fucking <laughs> he, he fucking pinched it to me before I even asked him. I know he texted to me, and I was like, uh, yeah. I, I was like, can someone tell. silence their phones? What's that? What's going that on? Wasn't, that? Sorry, it was, that, that was a work thing. Yeah, that's like an excuse. <laughs> Is that what I heard? <laughs> okay. 
Um, so yeah, no, it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad he's he's into. I'm glad. I love that enthusiasm. So we're gonna have him for it. Uh, he assured me he's seen more than ten, ten TV shows. So. I love it. <laughs> I just finished one. Does that That's count? great. That's why you're not in those fucking shows. So um. <laughs> he's finished eleven. He's got eleven. No I'm kidding. Yeah, wait, I think he's like fifth at fifteen. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. I think I barely, I'm barely gonna hit ten. Oh um, wow. I mean, to be honest with you, I'll, I've been watching so much Naruto, but that's besides the point. Continue. Believe it. Stop believing it. <laughs> so they will be coming out very soon. And, and another reason why I wanted to delay instead of doing it the next show and then, you know, the waiting and the, to the January shows is because um, it's because I wanted to because we start this new marathon idea, right? This new marathon of each of us. I wanted to get those started, all three of our marathons, at least before we get into the top 10 stuff, because that's a big gap between coming into our next marathon, you know, after all those. So I wanted to make sure that we get the ball rolling on this new stuff so we can get in it and with it next year uh, once we do the top 10 show. So I figured it just makes sense that way. But, okay, so that's expect those. That's coming up the pike. Check our website, otherpodcast.com, for a calendar and understanding when those shows are going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, then what the next movies are going to be is, Probably the next thing I should talk about. <laughs> so I picked the next movies, obviously. The marathon pick is, uh, obviously, I'm doing a toxicity marathon. I'll explain it more next time. If you're not sure, listen to our show two shows ago where I explain it further. Um, we're going to review a movie called The One I Love. And that is, I believe, from 2008 or something, six. I don't remember. With the Madman chick? Yeah, with the Madman chick. Yeah. Exactly. It is uh, like a dark romantic comedy, kind of. Not really. Not a romantic comedy. It sounds like it's positive. No, it's a dark comedy. <laughs> so, the one I love. Anyway, check it out. Um, the other two movies um, are one of them is going to be super obvious. It's going to be Wonder Woman 1984, which are premiering nice. on HBO Max, I believe, on Christmas Day or something like that. Cool. So we Hope will have a it. chance to watch it and then we will have a chance to review it. And lastly, um, we're going to do a movie, I believe it's from Prime, Amazon Prime. It's called The Nest. I'm not 100% if it is from there, Ooh, but okay. I saw it there to rent. Okay. Um, okay. So now, check out The Nest. Close. And that's starring uh, Carrie Coon and Jude Law. Um, and I know very little about it other than the director and those two actors, but that's all I need to know. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, check check it out for those reviews. And until then, guys, until then, in two weeks, I am Oscar. I am Luke. And Ralph. That's right. See you later. Merry Christmas. That's right. And a happy Best of us for the rest of us. Filthy animals. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.